Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. Election season 2022 is upon us, folks, and the games have already begun. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this 179th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's great to be speaking with you all. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. So, the election is here. And things are moving quickly. Things are moving at lightning speed. It's similar to drinking water from a fire hose. It's really crazy to me because technically, at the moment that I'm recording these vocals for this episode, the filing period is not even officially over. We are still in the filing period, and I'm seeing things happen that generally wouldn't have started happening until the second or third month into a campaign. So it's going to get crazy. This is going to be an election season like I think we have not seen in some time. So it's going to be amazing, and we're going to be here for absolutely Every bit of it. We're going to be sifting through all of it for you and bringing it to you. Everything that you need to know going into the 2022 primary election and beyond, you'll be able to get right here so you won't want to miss a single episode from here on out. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, you'll want to do that. Please don't miss an opportunity to hear what we have for you over the next couple coming weeks and months. You can subscribe by going to whatever hosting site that you listen to us on and hitting that button so you will get everything that we're throwing at you because as we progress, I'm certain that we will have extra bonus episodes and you won't want to miss something if it comes out differently than when scheduled. Also, as always, please remember to share the show with everyone you know. Tell others they might want to check us out because we really will be covering information that everyone will need to know. So make sure to remind those people that they can check on us and listen to old episodes as well as the new episodes, and they can do that on all podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. They can also simply Google us that way and search us on Google or just by entering Bilbrey Podcast, which is B-I-L-B-R-E-Y podcast will pull right up. As always, we are at the home station, which is perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. Don't forget to have them check us out there, as well as on the social medias, Twitter and Facebook, we release live video episodes nightly at 8.35 or 9.35 on Facebook. That's Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey 318. All right, so last episode, if you recall, I was talking about how even though we are in a tough spot, even though things seem really bad and people are really kind of at their wits end with local government, state government and beyond and everybody just feels like everything is bad and negative and that it's all corrupt and all bad and people feel just like they really are are disappointed with everything that I feel like there's a spark, like we have a hope. I'm not seeing this as a negative aspect. I'm feeling that the energy is changing and I, I think that that's really good, and that's leading me to feel really positive, even though we're in this really strange, bad kind of blah point right at this time in history. But I feel as though we're in the early days of a change coming and a change occurring. What I think is funny about that is I feel like the other side 
also feels what I'm talking about. And it's kind of like one of those situations where it is the glass half full, the glass half empty type of situation. So where we're coming from, we're seeing everything that the officials are doing and we see it as bad and it's negative. And I'm telling you that we can take that negativity and we can go forward and we can go up and we can make it uh, the, the, the change that we need to, to make in order to do better, that we can use that as a spark. So I'm taking the negative and I'm making it positive. And I feel like they're doing the exact opposite because they're right now in control and they have everything the way that they want it. But they see, hey, everything's going good right now. We're in a positive uh, state. Everything's going the way we like. But I feel like they also, too, feel like things are about to change. And so while we're in a, a point of negativity, but I'm saying that the little spark of positivity is there and we can utilize that to, to make things better, they're in a state in their world of positivity. Everything's going wonderful. They're in control. They have the power. But I think they see the restlessness as well and they realize that Things might be a changing, that there might be a change on the horizon. And I think that it's causing them to act out in different ways because we are for once going to be the change that we see or that we want to see in the world. You know, that quote that's on every poster in the dentist office or in your probation officer's office, that that little quote that everyone always looks at and thinks, okay, whatever, be the change you want to see. I think that that's actually happening. And so while it's giving us or myself the little spark of hope that something can be happening, I feel like it's also causing them to think, uh-oh, something might be happening. And so we have a real chance to make things better. And I do mean that. I really do feel a sense of hope. That said, like, like I'm trying to convey... The games are already being played because the other side, well, they're good at sensing when we might be starting to say enough. They realize that people are getting riled and that they might just need to amp up the craziness. And boy, are they already doing that. It's what happens every election cycle from time to time at various aspects. You generally get the gameplays and the rednecking and the dirtiness that occurs. And it generally happens later on in the cycle. But here we are, you know, we're, we're just technically the first month into the new year, the election cycle doesn't truly begin until the filing period is over, which is, is just right now here upon us. But the craziness is already happening, and the powers that be are already trying to do what they can do to keep control, to make sure that that spark is stamped out and that it doesn't turn into an explosion because that's what they do not want. They want to retain the power and they want to stamp out any bit of fire that gets built that would lead the way out of the darkness. They, they don't want that. And they use all sorts of different ways and techniques to try and do that. And one of the biggest things that they do that I always try to fight back against is 
what I call the soul suck. It's, it's the soul sale. They are coming to these new candidates that are wanting to run and win and do better, and they're attempting to befriend them, and they're attempting to get them in their uh, camp and trying to take them under their wing and saying, you know, follow us, kid. We, we can lead you to a successful election. We can guide the way. And, you know, I don't know if they truly mean they're trying to get them elected. I guess if they could get them elected and those people would do their bidding, well, then maybe they would, would possibly do that. But I know also, really, a lot of times they just want to make sure that they know what they're doing so those candidates can't win. And the incumbents and the candidates that are working with the powers that be can can receive the winning push. And so that kind of happens, and you always see it. That's why I say, and I've said this before, not all candidates that are running that become officials are bad from the very start and they get in and it's their whole plan to, you know, rule with power and, and keep their foot on the little man's neck. That's not what goes on. They start out with good intentions. They are good people and they run and then the soul sailing starts or the soul suck starts and that's when the established parties go to these candidates and they say you don't want to speak out against the party you don't want to go against the chair you don't want to make us mad you want to stay in line you want to be with us you don't want to think for yourself you want us to lead your way. You need to pay your dues. You keep in line. And then if we say you can win, well, then we will allow you to win. And then you owe us. And that's how they get these people who originally start out with good intentions to bend and do their will. And they become part of this collective that wants to retain power and doesn't want to give their seat up and wants to be part of the powers that be. And so that's what we have to fight back against. It's it's kind of like a game of control, a game for the soul, and it's something that we have to be very clear about because Morals do matter. That's the name of this episode, episode 179, Morals Matter, and, and they do. As a candidate, as someone who's working to help folks get elected, we have to know what our principles are, what we stand for, what we can give on, and what we say, huh, no, uh, this is something that I will not deviate from. Now, there are things that I like and things that I fight for, and I have differing levels of fight for differing things, like something over here, point A or, or idea A, I might fight you to the death on and say, no, there's no way I would never change on this, where idea or principle B, yeah, maybe I'm going to argue the point, but I don't feel as strongly about it. So there's a little bit of give and take there. What we need to do and what the candidates that are running need to do, and that's really who I'm speaking to here, and I'm speaking to the people who are going to help those candidates, the people who are on those committees, these citizens, you all who will be reaching out and talking to candidates and helping candidates. We all need to be trained on this, and we all need to understand that we have to help say, hey, uh, make sure that you're keeping your sense of self 
and that you're not selling your soul to these parties, that you understand that your morals matter, your principles matter, who you are matters. And it's to the point that if you lose the election because you keep your sense of self and you stand behind your ideas and your principles and you're running the campaign in a way that you can sleep at night and you are okay with yourself and the people who support you are okay with and you lose, well, you did your very best and we keep fighting the good fight. If you have to sell yourself to get into the seat, then, uh, you know, that's a problem. I've actually heard people say, well, maybe I ought to just play the game so I can get in. I'm just going to play the game, and then when I'm in, I'll be me. But the problem is, by the time that happens, by the time you get in, you owe them so much, you're so far down the rabbit hole that there is no turning back. There is no fixing it. There is no coming back to who you are. It, I, people act like it's uh, an undercover game. You know, they're, they're themselves, but they're going to go undercover and they're going to do what they got to do to infiltrate these people and then they're going to beat them from the inside. And that's not... How it goes, folks. That's not how it goes. That's how you get trapped into their web of craziness and corruption and lies and bullshit. And that's why we see so many people that we think are going to do well falter. Because along the way, they start to think that winning and the position and the power is more important than the cause. Let me be very clear. I could do a lot of things as a councilman or as a state senator or state representative, but I do much more and many better things from the position that I am currently in. Now, I'm not saying we all abandon running, we let them be the office holders, and we all pick up microphones and fight them from the side. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you want to win, and we want our candidates to win, and as people who support candidates, and as people who will be voting for candidates, we want to either be the candidate or support the candidate who will be themselves. Maybe we don't agree with every aspect of that candidate's platform, but we are okay with the fact that we disagree, but we understand where that candidate is coming from, that they are able to argue their point with passion and with valid principles and valid arguments. And we're like, okay, well, we don't necessarily agree, but I can understand where this person's coming from, and I respect that. Not the person who says... I'm going to sell my soul to get into the big show, and then once I'm there, I'll throw off the cloak and and I will light the the lamp, and we, we'll all see who the bastards are because that's not what happens. That never happens. You have to win with your soul intact. You have to win with your principles intact. And those are the people that we need. Those are the people that we want to get behind. I know that there are people that are listening to this that have voted for people who've ran for office before and who have been in office for a while and they're like, well, they're the established name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for them again. They don't seem like they do too bad. 
But I want to be very clear. And I've said this a lot, and I'm going to continue saying this. Okay? Not condemning is condoning. If you're just one of seven council members, or you're one of nine council members, or you're one state representative out of a whole handful of state representatives, or you're one state senator out of a whole handful of state senators, and you don't necessarily say anything crazy, you're not out here hurting the people, you're not out here not being transparent, you're not out here making behind-closed-doors, dark-room deals, but you're also not out here fighting against it, you're just there floating, you're just as bad as the people doing the deed. Not condemning these bad acts is just as bad as doing it. Not condemning is condoning. And we don't need a whole bunch of condoners in office. We need passionate people who understand that morals matter. Here's what we have to keep in mind. Politics and campaigning and being in office... There is a learning curve to all of this, okay? When you have somebody who has been city councilor, mayor, county councilor, commissioner, and they're running for their fourth, fifth, sixth term someplace, they are obviously going to be a little better off as far as campaigning goes than the person who is pissed off and wants to make the world, their community, their space a little bit better, and so they filed for the first time, that person is going to be in a little bit worse off position than someone who's either good or bad who's campaigning for the third, fourth, fifth time. That's just common sense. But it doesn't mean that it's impossible, and it doesn't mean that you have to make compromises so that you can get into a better position, because there are people all the way up from local to state to federal who do just that, who run as a first-time candidate, they bust their ass, and for the entire period of the campaign, however long it is, if it's the primary campaign and then into the general, if it's whatever kind of campaign that you're running, for the entirety of that campaign, the only thing they are doing, eat, sleep, breathe, drink campaign, they're thinking about who they can talk to, they're thinking about getting their message in front of as many voters as many times as they possibly can. The whole thing you always hear, shaking babies and kissing hands, I mean, obviously, that's that's uh, you know kind of old school, but that's really kind of like what you got to do. And in that, I mean, you want to get out, you want to walk the streets, you want to knock on doors, and you want to talk to citizens, and you want to do that as much and as often as you can. It's great to have fundraisers. It's great to have events. It's great to have signs. These are all things that you need. But what wins elections? is talking to citizens, and and it's the candidate talking to as many citizens as they can. Yes, it's good for a candidate to have a team, have 4, 5, 10, 20, 30, 500 people that might be going out and canvassing and walking around and handing out literature, but what really seals the deal is when that candidate shows up on your doorstep and is willing to talk to you and is willing to say, hey, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm running on, this is what I want to fix, this is what I think they're doing right, this is how I think they're doing wrong, and this is what I want to do. This is why you should vote for me. This is why I want you to support me. And that's what's needed. And I'll tell you, the best candidates find out ways to do that multiple times. 
the very best candidates, whether these people are good officials or bad officials. Now, look, that's something we have to understand. Sometimes the really bad people that we want out of office are fantastic at campaigning. That's the other aspect. Sometimes it's because the powers that be do whatever they can to help keep them in, and they cheat, and they lie, and they stack the deck against any good grassroots citizen candidates, and that does happen. But sometimes we're talking about very bad, horrible, corrupt, dirty officials happen to be good at campaigning, and so you have to out-campaign that person, and that needs to be the thought. Whether you're listening to this and you're someone that is running for office or will be running for office, or if you're someone who's going to be working on a team supporting somebody who's running for office, or you're just a citizen out there who wants to vote and help make a difference. Maybe you're somebody that doesn't know someone running for office, but you say, hey, I would like to help. Those people need your help. They need your help. I'm going to be very clear. Candidates that are running for office, they need two things. Two things. They need bodies support. They need people who will say, I will help you. I will send social media posts. I will make social media posts. I will send emails. I will make phone calls. I will walk door to door for you. I will walk in parades. I will help you at your fundraiser events. I will help you walk and I will pass out literature. I will help you on election day at the polling places. I will go and stand out in the cold and the snow and the rain and the wind, whatever it may be. I will be there and I'll be there for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. You can count on me. They need that. They need that. They need that. That's probably the biggest and most important thing that you can do to help a candidate is by saying, I will help you walk. I'll help you pass out your literature. I will help you be seen in the areas that you need to be seen in. I will help spread the message, and I will help you on election day. That's probably the biggest thing that everybody needs. But then right there underneath it is they need money. I'm going to be very clear. They need money. And that's always the sucky part of this. And I know I have a lot of people who are first-time candidates that are saying, oh my God, how much money do I need? I need $3,500 more or less to run probably a decent district council race. I, I need how much to, to run a race for state representative? I need how much to run a race for, for mayor, you know, and and that's the thing. We all hear stories of some truck driver doing this very thing in Montana where they go and they file to run for governor with $75 in their bank account and they win because the population is pissed off. And I do believe that that can happen. I don't believe we're to that point yet. So what that means is you can't just run a ghost campaign and win here. You have to put hard work into it. And that includes going out, walking, talking, spreading the word. But it also includes signs, advertisement, and all of that. And that costs money. So if you are listening to this and you're planning on spreading the word about this podcast, and you like to listen, and you like to help others listen, you're doing a great thing. But now it's time for us to get in the fight. We need to really step it up. And if you're wanting to help make a difference, then I'm asking you to find a candidate and help volunteer time. Find a couple of candidates and help volunteer time. If you can do it, donate some money. I know, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a really hard time. 
economically speaking, financially speaking, whether you're talking about somebody in Indianapolis or California or Muncie or Eaton, I I get it, folks. This is a very financially difficult time. And I know that every penny, every nickel, every dime, every dollar counts. But think about how much we spend on ourselves on nonsense, on a pack of cigarettes, on a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Whatever that you do, whatever we do, we all have some kind of vice or some kind of thing that we do where we could maybe cut back once or twice or say, hey, for the next three months, I'm going to do this and help a candidate. Give $5 if you can give $5. Give $10 if you can give $10. Give $25 if you can. Give $100. Give $500. Whatever you can do. Spread it across a certain period of time. But understand that is what it takes. These candidates that we have wanted to run for office can't just file And when, that's not going to work. After they file, there's then three months of work they have to put into it. And if we want to help ignite that spark that I see, that I feel, then we have to get involved as well. We have to be willing to give up some nights after work. We have to be willing to give up some weekends. We have to be willing to walk in the cold walk in the rain or the sleet to stand out on election day and pass out candy or flyers or fingernail files or matchbooks or whatever it is to people walking in so that our candidate has a shot against the folks that are doing literally everything they can to retain power, including lying, stealing, cheating, whatever they possibly can do to retain power, stacking the deck against our people, this is how good can overcome the bad. We're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 179th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. A better night sleep is one of the best and easiest ways to improve your physical and mental health. And it's a heck of a lot easier than all this nonsense. So even if you throw your New Year's resolutions out the window, you can still put your body on a nectar mattress and get the healthy sleep you need. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, plus $100 off, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. And join the over 2 million people who are already sleeping on a Nectar mattress this year. Back to work we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is episode 179, Morals Matter. We're talking about this feeling that I have. Yeah, if you look around, things are pretty bleak. The phrase I kept saying last episode is, life doesn't always hand us flowers and sausage. But when we get to this point... You know, we have to be able to adapt and overcome, and like I said, I feel I feel it. I feel the spark. I see it. I think that we truly are standing on the edge 
of tomorrow. And, and that's, that's really a grand statement to say, and it, it goes well with the other quotes that could be in your probation officer's office, but I, I really truly mean it. And when we see the candidates that we have in your county, in my county, in, in the community over there, the community down south, the community up north, wherever we're talking about, once the dust settles here in a couple days, all right, depending on when you're listening to this, maybe the dust has already settled, but when we see who we have and what we have to work with, and what offices we're going to be campaigning against, who we're going to be campaigning for, we have to be willing to do the work. The candidates have their jobs. And in some of those cases, they're going to know the direction they want to go. They're going to have it all mapped out. Their team's going to help them. And we can help drive those platforms if we are the public, okay, we are the people that matter, that's what all this is about, we can tell those candidates, we would like you to focus on this, we would like you to focus on this. What should we be looking for? I talk about this in so many episodes, and there are so many great episodes that you could go back and listen to, pick episodes from months that were right around previous elections and go back and listen to those episodes and and hit the episodes where I talk about what to look for in a candidate, what I look for. I don't look for someone who's promising me the sun and the moon and the stars because that's something that they cannot deliver on. I don't want someone who's going to stand up there and say, we're never going to disagree. I'm going to agree with you, and you're going to agree with me 100% of the time. That's not going to happen. Same thing with me. I have no problem getting into arguments and disagreements with people that I support and people that I like as long as they are principled and they're able to argue and debate in a respectful way, and we're able to convey thoughts. That's what it's supposed to be about. So I look for someone who can hold their own. I look for candidates that are strong-willed. I look for candidates that, even though they are strong-willed, they are capable of taking suggestions, taking direction. Folks that can be leaders, but want to be public servants. Folks that are willing to communicate. Folks that don't want to hide behind the closed door. Folks that say that they want to bring government out into the forefront to, to meet the citizens where they're at. And you're going to hear people say those things, and they're not going to mean it. And so we have to develop ways to weed those people out. And you're going to have to understand there are going to be times that we're going to fail. We're going to support somebody. We're going to be taken with someone. And we're going to support that person all the way through and across the finish line. They're going to win. They're going to be in office. And we're going to be like, oh, my God, this person is a turd. What happened here? What, what's going on? Why I was just supporting this person. Now I want them out of office. It's okay. And that's something that we have to do. We have to be okay with saying we screwed up. We have to be saying, oh, this is kind of trial and error. Some people are made for this and some people are not. We have to be willing to say we didn't support somebody who actually turned out to be a good candidate and now a good official, and we're happy they're there and we'll support them in the future. We have to be willing to say as supporters, as the public, that we can be wrong and we have been wrong and that, that we want to do better. 
We have to learn from our mistakes. And that is something that I also want to see in a candidate. Somebody who is not afraid to stand up, go out and be out in front of folks and make a statement before anyone else might be making a statement saying, hey, this way, follow me, I have the way. And then someone who can say, oh, I led us down a wrong path. This was a mistake. Let me fix this. Right now, there is a council member on the Delaware County Council in my community, Delaware County, Indiana, who is really good at doing that. And he's, he's really just in the last, say, four or five, six months really came into his own with being able to say, oop, I messed up, I made a mistake, forgive me, I will do better. And he's really winning the day, politically speaking, in my mind, he's out-politicking any of his cohorts, any of the people who are sitting on the council with him, he is dogging them just by common sense, by being a human. That's Councillor Ryan Webb. And the thing with Ryan Webb is he's a very divisive figure. People love him, people hate him. And it's like very, very divisive. People are one side or the other. However, in the last couple months... That division is blurring because the people who used to not really care for things that he did or things that he said or maybe his personal political beliefs on a national level, they're starting to say, I like what he's doing as his job. I like what he's doing as a council member. I talked to one of my good friends, one of my very good friends, just within this last week, who said, you know, it's funny, I would never have admitted this before, but I really like what Councillor Webb is saying. I like what he's doing, and I did not vote for him when he ran the first time, but I would vote for him again, and if he keeps this up, I will vote for him. I'm not a fan of his personal beliefs on the uh, politics on the national level, but as far as what he's doing as a local politician, he has my support and he has my vote if he keeps this up. And let me tell you why that is. It's because he's willing to talk to the public and the public sees it. And people go after him hard. Man, people go after him hard. People that do not like him, people who do not like that he is outspoken, they call him every name in the book. They tell him he's a clown, they call him a racist, he's a homophobe, he is literally everything, and he cannot be killed by the paper cuts. He does not have thin skin. I did a, an audio or uh, a live video episode just last week and I titled it thin uh, I titled it skin so thin a paper cut would do you in and and I that's what a lot of these people who are in office that crave the power they have they have skin that's so thin to be a politician, I'm like, how are these people so thin-skinned that, that they and their supporters get all hurt when somebody calls them out, says they don't like what they're doing? These people get all riled up, and they, they say that you're bashing them and that you're not being a rational person and you're being a meanie head. That's ridiculous. I, I don't want somebody who is going to lose it every time somebody calls them out. What I like about Ryan Webb is he just does his thing. And he says, and I think this is great, and you have to respect this. 
You don't have to respect him. You don't have to like him. You don't have to support him. But you have to respect the fact that he says, I'm going to be me, and I'm going to do what I do. And at the end of four years here in the council, I'm going to seek re-election. And people will either re-elect me or they won't. And if they re-elect me, I will continue doing what I'm doing. And if I don't, I will know that I did the very best that I could do for four years. I will have made the most of my time here. And you have to respect that. Somebody who can't be bought, somebody that can't be sold, someone that cannot be pushed around, somebody that is not going to be bullied into making a decision that they do not believe in because... Whether or not his morals line up with your morals, whether or not his values line up with your values, he says, these are my morals and they matter to me. These are my morals and this is what I believe in. This is what... I think, and you know it because I say it. You don't have to guess it. I'm not whispering it in a dark room someplace and letting people assume or make assumptions. I'm coming out and I'm saying it. If I have a problem with something, you'll know it. If I support something, you will know it. If I have a question, I will ask the question. If I need to get answers, I will demand the answers. If you are my people, if you're my constituents, if you voted for me, if you hate me but you live in the county and therefore right, wrong, or indifferent, I am your counselor, I will listen to you. And we might argue We might agree, we might disagree, we might be somewhere in the middle. But I will give you your opportunity, I'll tell you what I think, and you'll know where you stand. Man, that's refreshing. I'm not saying you have to love his beliefs on the President of the United States of America. I'm not saying that you have to like that he's pro-Second Amendment or that he's pro-Trump or anti-this or anti-that. I'm not saying he is any of those things. I'm not saying you have to like his thoughts on COVID-19. A lot of people get mad about that with him and others. But he isn't dictating any of those policies. If he ever runs for a position where he is making policy decisions on any of those things, then you have a case to vote or not vote for him however you want. But as far as being a local official, as far as being a candidate who runs and says, hey, this is what I'm about, I'm going to tell you what I'm about, I'm going to tell you where I stand, you will know where I stand, and you will know what I'm about. My God, I wish we had 11 more just like that. Men, women, people of color, all sorts of different races, religions, backgrounds, I don't care as long as we get more people from the community that are common sense, that say, this is what I'm about, this is who I am, and this is what I have to offer you. Like me, dislike me, support me, don't support me, vote for me, don't vote for me. If and when I win, I will give you the very best that I think that I have. If I do a good job, I will be reelected. If I don't, I won't. 
That's how it's always supposed to be. That's not what happens, though. We keep electing the same people to the same offices, or everybody just takes one step to the left because they're the only people that ever file to run, so we never have anyone challenging anybody. We never have any decisions that we can make at the polls because it's always the same people running for the same jobs. And people continue to elect and select the same people each and every time because that's what sounds familiar. And most of us don't even go to vote. That's why I'm saying this time feels different. This time feels different because I know that there are more people paying attention. I know that there are people listening to this that have not listened before. I know that there are people that are fired up that have not been this fired up before. And for the first time in a long time, we have actual candidates that are running. Now, we still have another day. I'm still hopeful that we have some more people file for a few more offices to really give us a nice selection of folks. Time will tell. I'll definitely be celebrating or crying in the next episode. You'll hear all about it, I'm sure. But what I can tell you is where we're sitting right now with another day to go, I'm feeling really good about about people that we have. I'm feeling really good about the chances that we have to make a difference, to not send the same old people back to the same old seats for the same old government that we, in my opinion, have deserved however long we've had it, because it's our fault that we do this. This is a call to action, a call to arms, folks. We've got people that have filed to run in different places. Now I need you guys. If you're registered to vote, you must go vote. Vote early. Get an absentee ballot sent to your home. Vote that way. Go in on election day. However you have to do it, vote. Listen to these episodes Listen to the live episodes on social media. I will tell you when all of these dates and things occur so you will know when you can do whatever it is that you need to do. If it's have an absentee ballot sent to your home to vote and turn in that way through the mail or to deliver to the clerk's office, you can do it. If you have to go in and vote early during the 28 days of voting before the actual election, you can do it. There are all sorts of different ways, dates, and times in which you can vote, but you have to do it. In order to vote, you have to be registered, and your registration has to be up-to-date and right and correct. So, if you are not registered, if you've never been registered or if you need to check your registration, or your name has changed, or you've moved, or you just want to verify, you have until April 4th, 2022, to do that, to be able to vote in the May primary election of the year 2022. So that's a couple months away, but don't wait. This is an audio podcast, so you can be doing other things on the computer, on your laptop, on your phone, while you're listening. Take this opportunity right now, if you're one of those people that have never voted, it's never been registered, and you need to register, your name has changed, your address has changed, or something you think is different, or you just want to verify that you're eligible to vote in May or early, then you need to go to www.indianavoters, with an S, indianavoters.com. Indianavoters, I-N-D-I-A-N-A, V as in Victor, O as in Ocean, T as in Tom, 
E as in Edward, R as in Robert, S as in Sam. Indiana Voters with an S dot com. Indianavoters.com. Go and register right now. If you are 17, 18, this is your first year, get registered. If you're listening to this and you have children that will be 18 on Election Day in November, get them registered. They can vote in May even if they're 17. If you have grandchildren, if you have cousins, if you have next-door neighbors, if you know people out there, get them registered. Put that on your social media, text it to people, spread the word, get that out there. We need voters, and we need voters to be registered, and we need them to get out and vote. Vote early, vote in an absentee ballot, or vote on election day. One of those ways. That has to happen. Besides that, we have to help these candidates out. We have to help these candidates out. We have to know the issues that we are fighting for. You have to get informed. You have to get educated. You have to know what the issues are. Sometimes it feels like it's all too much. It's kind of like starting watching the Game of Thrones and you feel like, oh, there's too many names here. There's too much going on. I'll never know. And then by the time you're into the third episode in the first season, you know everybody's name. You know who's all sleeping with who. You know where everybody stands, who wants to kill everybody. And you know what's going on and you're into it. That's very much like local politics or state politics or national politics. By the third episode of the first season, you know who's who, who's sleeping with who, and who wants to kill who. Just get involved. No time better than now. Something is better than nothing. And you matter. Get educated on what's going on. Talk to your friends and family. Talk to the people who are involved. Contact me. Ask questions. Get answers. Attend meetings. If you can't attend meetings, watch the meetings on social media. If your government doesn't live stream, you need to bitch. You need to tell them they need to live stream. You need to tell the candidates that are running this go-around, hey, I need to elect you so you can go in and demand that we start live streaming and recording these meetings. Demand that. You're the boss. We are the boss. Once we've got that down pat, once we're attending meetings, once we know what's going on, then we need to stand up and help support the candidates that we are rooting for. We have to volunteer our time, make phone calls, send emails, give up our weeknights, give up our weekends, go walk, give money. We have to be... Married to the cause. When you support a sports team, when you're a fan of a sports team, whether it's football or basketball or baseball or whatever it is that you watch, do you do that quietly in your underwear from your home, not yelling at the TV, not telling anybody, not posting anything about it? Do you do that quietly? You not buy any merchandise, you don't help their cause by giving money to them when you buy tickets to overly priced games in overly priced stadiums, going and drinking overly priced beer and eating overly priced food? Do you not buy extra packages on TV so you can watch literally everything that there is? Do you not buy the extra packages on your Sirius Satellite Radio so you can listen to everyone talk and break down the stats? Hell no, you do all of that. You got stickers on your car, you get tattoos of these idiots. You do everything that you can to show people what team you support, whose flag you wave. You do this for sports fans, for people who don't know you, that give you a little bit of fun and entertainment, let you blow off some steam, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter a flip. When we support these people that we are passionate about, we need to give them even just like a, 
a half of a percentage of that amount of passion, in my opinion, would do a whole lot of good. We need to be willing to go the extra mile for these folks. If we have candidates that we like and we support, we need to be willing to give up some of our nights to walk, give up some of our weekends to go to fundraisers, to walk neighborhoods, to pass out literature. We need to be willing to give some money to the campaign so they can buy shirts, so they can buy signs, so they can buy advertisement. We need to be invested. We need to be willing to get as educated on all of this as we are on nonsense that is just entertainment. We need to be able to go to the meetings and attend the meetings, and if we can't, we need to be able to read about them, to talk about them, to find out the the wrap-up of what happened from someone who went, listen to shows like this, look on social media, Get a network of people around you that can help you stay informed. Talk to the candidates. Go out to the events. Get to know who they are. And once we're educated and we're involved, then we need to make it count. We need to get others involved. This needs to be like a pandemic of political intelligence. We need to infect others with our political sickness. And it is a sickness. Let me be very clear. It is a sickness. But we have to be willing to do that. This is our chance. I'm really afraid if we miss this chance, it might be a long time before we have another one. Folks, I feel it. I think the people in the powers that be The people who we're fighting against, I think they feel it too. I think that's why they're afraid. I think that's why they're starting to do stupid stuff this early. I think we have a chance to push them up against a wall and say, "Uh uh-uh, we're done with it. But it's all going to come down to us, what we are willing to do. I'm asking you, To just do a little bit. You don't have to get as crazy as I am about it. You probably won't. I understand that. I know people have lives. I know it's much easier to sit down and to watch a basketball game. It's less drama. But imagine if we could devote a little bit of time to this. For three months, six months. Give me a little bit of your time throughout this year and let's see if it makes a difference. I tell you what won't make a difference, doing nothing. If we just sit back and we do nothing, we're going to get exactly what we have. We're going to get what we deserve if we do nothing. But we're not talking like that because I'm positive and I feel it. I feel it and I know that you can too. Folks, this is our time. I'm telling you, I feel it and I know they feel it too. I'm asking you to open your eyes, breathe it in. I'm asking you to feel it as well. Let's be the change we want to see, however corny that is, man. I I really believe that it's something that's real this time. We can better government through our involvement. We have some candidates that are stepping up and saying, we're going to try this out. We can't leave them hanging. We can... Send a message. Folks, I, I feel good. I feel like we are, we are right in a good spot for some good things to be coming our way. But it's not just going to come. We have to work for it. And I think that we can do it. You guys, spread the word. 
Spread the word, spread the word. Tell people they can find this show. Tell them they need to listen to it. It was a positive, uplifting show. Last episode was positive and uplifting. It's going to be that way for a while because I feel it. I feel like we need to infect people with positivity. Tell people where they can find us. All they have to do is search for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We can be found literally everywhere on all podcast hosting sites that exist. If you listen to a podcast elsewhere, someone else listens to a podcast elsewhere, I guarantee you they can find us on that hosting site. Just search for us by name. Of course, they can find us at the home link, perception.fireside.fm, perception.fireside.fm. We can be found there, as always. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to us and tell your friends and family and loved ones and neighbors and enemies and anyone else driving down the road, subscribe to Bilbrey's podcast. That way they don't miss a thing. You can also find us by Googling the name or simply by Googling Bilbrey Podcast. And don't forget to have people check us out on Facebook where I release live video episodes several nights a week at 8.35 or 9.35 p.m. This is the year we can do it, folks. I am so, so certain that we can make a difference. And I think that we can be a big part of that. Me and you guys. You guys are the people that's going to make the difference. I'm just one person. It's you people that are the crowd, that are the audience It's you people that are the numbers. I'm just one person. You guys are the army. And I truly believe with your help, we can do it. We'll be right back. Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. All right, that's going to do it for me. You guys have been fantastic. Remember to share the show with everyone you know and don't Don't forget to get in contact with us and let us know what you're thinking. You can do that through email at khbilbrey at gmail.com on social media, or you can call or text us at the studio line at 765-546-9796. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, God bless, and I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.com. FM. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.